0: The Finley. The Finley. Hey! Hey! How's it going, Mr. Finley?
1: Good evening, Mr. Finley.
0: Ah, uh, we are here. Another, another fine episode in the nope. Palazzo no, della right. Podcastina.
1: So, uh, <laughs> this episode is, um, Tom came up with a great idea. I hasten to add that I um, don't want to continue with this idea. It's like feeding a hungry wolf because Tom is in love with bad movies. The worse it is, the better he likes it. And I am opposite that idea. Now Mm -hmm. he came to the table with his idea of guilty pleasure, which is different from a bad movie. From a bad movie, yes, sir. So I just hope this isn't a gateway.
0: Are you kidding Podcast. Not a chance. oh, oh. oh heaven for my friend, but I think we have enough guilty pleasures in the back pocket. that's true. We, we could a few more of these we could make this point.
1: an annual event or something, so yeah, yeah. the guilt- so how would you um define the guilty pleasure then as opposed to just a bad movie?
0: It's a movie that is good enough in its day, maybe in its own context, mm-hmm. uh, but now, if you were trying to describe it or get somebody to watch it, you'd be like hard pressed to really say why anybody should watch it
1: yeah, that's interesting and 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 um our, our two, cho- we each came to the table with yeah, a choice, one each, and they are um, very, very different. Oh, yes. In, in, uh, well, they're very different movies, but they're also how they qualify, I think, mm. as the sort of guilty pleasure are ah, for very, yeah. very different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was intrigued by the idea, and, and thanks for bringing it, Tom.
0: Sure. Well, glad to, glad to bring some quality broadcasting to the <laughs> table here, my friend, here in the Palazzo del Pad, you know. Okay, cool. <laughs> um oh the look it's the look, look your audience is giving you. the
1: um the uh did you hear about the um the um comfort what do you call that when people have anxiety comfort pets
0: oh um yeah those things
1: something pet. Yeah. a united airlines had to refuse a woman who wanted a comfort peacock did you see that
0: no really. literally a peacock and pee- she was a
1: hundred percent serious it a, wasn't a gag a
0: peacock really yeah but them really one of the meanest birds on the planet. And gigantic. Enormous. <laughs> like, <laughs> like definitely worth at least two of its own seats. Yeah.
1: Anyway, wow. that's, uh, apropos of nothing, but I think because um, shame isn't built into this podcast, but there's something about like the embarrassed presentation. Well, just check this movie out, you know, like, mm-hmm. and uh, it made me think of this ridiculous anyway. Anyway, sorry, I'm off base here. Wow. Um, so, so we'll start in chronological order. Would
0: Peacock wanted like some pilot's wings after the flight there?
1: Hmm. I guess you're kind of off tonight too, Tom. All right. the uh, The first film is. Uh,
0: <laughs> there's I'm on a look. Fire, my friend. Well, you're I'm awake finally. Fire. Yeah, I think well. that's a brilliant move. Well, we were just watching your movie, so
1: yeah, that was the problem. Uh-huh. It definitely was the movie, Tom. Yeah, definitely. Um, so 19, I think 45, right?
0: Exactly, 1945. Back- Heighten. Back, back to Bataan. Back to Batan. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oof. You know, I was initially sort of surprised because I had seen this film, I think I was 11 when I saw it. Now, mm-hmm. when I saw it again, I realized that seeing this film at 11 is really like not seeing it at all. Right. Because I would have had no sort of context for the history right. that adds to the embarrassment <laughs> of what a film this is, yeah. in, in a sense. Um, and so I, I had no context. But I went back to, to this film. Now, I have a um, uh, what Tom might call uh, generously, a layman's understanding of of history and geography, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I understand the Baton Death March, right. and I understand you know things like a Tokyo Rose, that sort of reference, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. we'll get to later. Um, but so I have I have some sense of history around this, but the thing is, I don't think you need a sense of history to understand how embarrassing this film is <laughs> in many ways, but yeah. also how good it is. Yeah, it is a really, really enjoyable film, it's, and it's, some things in it are done well.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a fine example of, yeah. of, of of its time and place and where it comes from. Okay, you know it's it's, it's, it's jingoistic. It was for nineteen forty five. A little
1: jingoistic, oh, yeah. Thanks. Just a fucking <laughs> tad with the,
0: the dirty, sneaky Japs. Like I mean, like just unash- unashamedly unabashedly. That was. You know, black was black and white was white in this movie. But
1: that, but that the Japanese or were the dirty Japs was the least surprising j- jingoistic part of this film to me. There are others that are just a s-
0: embarrassing. Stony. I mean,
1: humiliating <laughs> to watch. So, so the premise, of course, is is we're in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, MacArthur has left. Yeah, um,
0: he, he bailed the island. He totally
1: just—I mean—the the real history is that he just fucking left those people.
0: I, you know, I'm I, like—I I am a fan of history, and I'm a huge fan of military history, and I'm not a fan of. There are a couple of generals that are American generals that people fucking adore that I yeah. am not a fan of. And he's MacArthur one of them. he's one of them. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: he did return, I guess. Well, yeah, he but. did
0: return. The arrogant cocksucker. And uh, but, but for for. For no particular, nah, it was, it was an ego jaunt, jaunt for him. So, anyways, that's beside the point. It was, um, it's it's really interesting. I mean, back to Batan, of course. So it takes place in the Philippines, and yep. the the majority of the film is about the resistance going on by the Philip, the brave Filipinos, the
1: brave, the brave noble savages as they Filipinos. are, <laughs> <laughs> yes sir, are. the barefooted machete wielding oh, American loving. Oh,
0: you bring hot dog and got ketchup,
1: <laughs> American Well-ish. Joe. Oh, so it's John Wayne of course which John is necessary. Wayne, which
0: is John Wayne if you if you yeah. if, if you like if I, I would put John Wayne at the maybe let's think about this I would put him at the head of movie stars that would for almost all of his movies would be an embarrassing you know
1: well he made so many movies That's so what, that I, I don't know what the too. proportion is but mm-hmm. there are a lot of embarrassing movies but this the thing about this movie is it's embarrassing for reasons we have yet to get into mm-hmm. but John Wayne actually in a weird way is at his most subtle the acting and he's a gentle man <laughs> yep, yep. he 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 makes calm decisions he understands the frustration of those around um, him the, but has a mission
0: and their plight and their plight absolutely <laughs> oh, their plight? Yep. yeah
1: so i mean i mean so it's john wayne and then it also um so he's a, he's a commanding he's colonel a commanding colonel and, right and, and then you have a mage i guess is it a mage? I think it's a captain i don't know mm, if he ever comes old over captain that captain anthony quinn captain
0: oh. anthony quinn who plays what a Philippines. Well, because now
1: the real the Anthony Quinn, the man, I believe, was Mexican.
0: He was Mexican, Irish, hence Quinn.
1: Uh okay, oh, okay, very good. So, but he he played. I mean, you need a Greek, you yeah. need an Argentinian, you Absolutely. need a Russian.
0: We we're not sure what a Martian looks like, but get Tony on the horn. <laughs> Let's go.
1: So so, but but I what I have most of the Quinn movies that I'm familiar with. We're talking. Guns of Navarone. Um, what's the the prize fighter? Um, I can't think. Oh, uh, requiem uh, for, a for a heavyweight. yeah. Shoes of the Fisherman are kind of the the Shoes. older last train from Gun Hill Fifty Nine. Mm-hmm. The 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 nineteen forty five. Anthony Quinn is a beautiful man.
0: He's a stud. He's God a damn, stud he's a gorgeous rough, guy. You know, movie I want to see one of these days is uh, Viva Zapata because he's at his most beautiful, and so is Marlon Brando, oh, like at the, the same yeah, time. Yeah. What a pretty movie!
1: And that's uh, John Steinbeck, I think, uh, did the screenplay.
0: No, okay, great.
1: Anyway, so we're getting off track. So, so he is. So now the now the um, Americans are fighting in the the Japs. (laughs) No, the, no 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 no
0: no. Dirty jabs. The, dirty jabs the dirty jabs in the Philippines
1: mm-hmm. and um, and so for about ten minutes into this film, I was thinking like I'm not really sure why this is an embarrassment at all. It's it's um I mean your average warfare. Now what happens? A couple of things happen. <laughs> One is you get the sort of like um, parallel to Tokyo Rose, like Philippine uh, Philippi- Pauline or something, <laughs> um, <laughs> who who apparently was once anth- uh, uh, Captain Quinn's yeah, the, yeah. sweetheart, right, as, and as, who as... defected to the the enemy and now. Was a radio, um, you know, presence. Come to our
0: side, Joe. Come to our side, yeah. proud Filipinos. Yeah. Why do you die for the Americans like that? Yeah, yeah.
1: We embrace you. You know, we we wait to give you freedom. All this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's it's so it's like for some so for some reason I don't know how Tokyo Rose really worked. I mean, there was a there was one in Vietnam, and yeah. and there was one. I mean, that's it's a common it's, sort of propaganda. Still, mm-hmm. but I don't think. It worked that during battles you just sort of heard over loudspeakers, right? Wasn't it? It's mainly. Oh
0: no! Yeah, it was yeah. during battles too. Yeah, well, it could be during battles, sure, absolutely, okay. but it was definitely you. Definitely wanted it with the quiet, lulling moments, right? So, so
1: Quinn is in the battlefield, you know, mm-hmm. fighting away, and then between you know rounds of machine gun fire, you he hears his ex girlfriend oh, um, yeah. uh, promoting, you know, mm-hmm. the emperor's cause.
0: Yeah. What a. What a bitch! And oh, so
1: you know, Wayne has to come out of a harsh breakup. Bitch. Yeah, yeah, she's a real cantola. <laughs> wow! Oh yeah! Oh my god! Ah, just smack her in the face with a caccaruni.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> what is a cockamurine precisely? I don't know It's, it's
1: got to be it's, oh, I wouldn't want to be slapped a in Kong- the face of Cock-a-Rooney. <laughs> So, I mean, so Wayne has to sort of like, as his, as as commander, tell him like, quit taking chances. I know she's gotten under your oh, skin, right, right you know. Right and right. it's like,
0: so he's, yeah, so he's like bucking him up and trying to, yeah, you know, Like really who's our coach for this guy on the battlefield?
1: And still, I'm not, I'm saying to myself, not really an embarrassment uh, of a so film until yet. we get to the schoolhouse. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> so there's a schoolhouse scene. Now there's a. a Uh, A great old... White lady uh, teacher.
0: Oh right, missionary teacher. Missionary teacher. Right, probably a nun. And when she's when she but she looks so ugly, doesn't she's, matter.
1: She's she's quizzing the the elementary class Aww. on um their you know the succession of colonizers and the wonderful things they've done. And yes. so it's like oh, and tell us, tell me the right answer to what great things <laughs> your American overlords have done to make your country better. And,
0: Not dogs. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, a serious answer, please, for my former pupil and. This Is a forty-year-old man who gives a very serious speech about how every fucking ball sack in America smells delicious, which happens to be true.
0: Well, yeah, it's certainly some by, uh, by the by the little brown people's standards. Here. Oh Jesus, it's, oh, it's humiliating. Yeah.
1: And then, of course, the the uh, the dirty jabs, dirty jabs sort of come in. <laughs> they show
0: it's... up. Maybe they try to make this guy lower the cl- lower the flag, the American flag.
1: Compare this scene, by the way, to Jamelia the Algerian. <laughs> How different it is in that sense. I mean, right. that was a propaganda piece, too. But yeah. you actually felt some sort of tension, anger, fear. This was just a caricature of the dirty Japs coming in oh, yeah. and, and demanding that this former pupil, who's a, like a 40-year-old um, Amerophile, I guess you'd call him, mm-hmm. to lower the American flag. And he refuses, and they hang him by the same flag. And as they hoist him by his neck up the flagpole, the American flag Wraps itself around of course, him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really, <laughs> it's really insane, and yeah. that's that's what I mean. Like like that, they're fighting the enemy, and that they're the dirty Japs. To me, is sort of par for the course, mm-hmm. uh, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's those sort of moments where the Filipinos themselves are so, you know, reverent to the West and America, and 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 it's, and also the the bad history. I mean, I'm not an expert in history, but the bad history that
0: right. that teacher giving.
1: Right. Taft was the governor. Uh, of the Philippines forty years before this, and the Philippines didn't like it.
0: Right, like the, okay, so the, yeah, the Philippines were owned uh, were owned by Spain for what, a hundred fifty years or whatever. Well, that's whatever when that they meant.
1: brought the teacher points out. They brought, they brought the Holy, Christianity, the, and the
0: Holy, the Holy Mother. So that was the yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, rather boring shit. The yeah. Spanish here, the Spaniards bring okay, uh, and then uh, we uh, we mightily beat the shit out of a uh, fourth, fourth world power, which was Spain at the time, mm-hmm. and took control of the Philippines, and then the Filipinos. Uh, immediately turned on. Uh, immediately turned on us. They're yeah. wonderful saviors. Yeah. Uh, We're bringing them democracy and mm. baseball and all those good things. Mm-hmm. Not to mention freedom. We all know what it means. Anyways, uh, that just completely fucking overlooked in this thing. Even uh, one of the the subplots of the thing is that Anthony Quinn's grand, uh, grandfather had oh, yeah. been <laughs> one of the great revolutionaries of the past. Well, and he'd poet. Been a, he had been a great revolutionary during the Spaniards. You notice he didn't bring in one of the the, the grandsons or the sons of, a, of one of the great revolutionaries during the American phase.
1: No, no. I'm going to just point this out, Tom. Uh, there, there, are two, there are two Toms in front of me, and one is the sort of like he's the historian I admire, and then the other one who gets obsessively sort of like attached and nerd, you know, mm-hmm. nerd attached. And you're both of those things, right? And that's totally fine. And, but I only want to point out that while this film might irritate someone like you on that level, mm-hmm. you really don't have to know anything about history to be embarrassed, oh, to be by, embarrassed the, by the, the presentation the of... The sheer obviousness yeah. of
0: what's going on. And yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, on all levels, it's kind of embarrassing.
0: Yeah, it's also bringing... It's also, there's another level I'm sorry, there's another level of embarrassment yeah. to the whole thing, which is that the, the guy who gets strung up on the flagpole is one of the great character actors... I mean, he's been in, like, so many movies. Yeah, do you he remember was, like, his name? Old... Fuck if I can remember his name. <laughs> yeah. It's a Russian <laughs> name. But, he's... but he was like the, uh, you know, like uh, um, well, for instance, he's the old man in The Magnificent Seven. For oh, you're kidding me. So, no, no, that's it.
1: 15 years later.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and rather a lot of miles by, by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless. Mm-hmm. playing like, Filipino
1: here it. and Mexican there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: And mostly Russian throughout his career. Okay.
1: Well, so I want to talk about a few things that I really like about the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the fact that it, it's, it's um, adequate as a war film, I think it's grittier than most war films were willing to be in 1945. Mm-hmm. So th- immediately you see like um, a, an area around Colonel Wayne being shelled and there must have been some sort of like um, hydraulic sort of projectile Wasn't that, that like, a moved scene? him 10 feet away yeah. and then another like a, a a brit i think in a foxhole and then the mortar coming down and all uh you know saving private ryan it's a it's a smoking mortar with 2 feet sticking out i mean it got grittier than you would expect or right? I, I had ever seen from a film of that
0: era right right now and at the same time they did a they did a, a kind of a wonderful job of really glossing over like the kind of the the, the the savagery of the actual fighting that took place with the underground in the Philippines.
1: Okay, but also now here's where I'm gonna, I, I'm constantly embarrassing myself, uh, Tom, in terms of geography and history. But here goes. Now I got this from Ken Burns, the War, mm-hmm. but a vivid description of the Bataan Death March. Ah, yeah. Now is that the march that uh, that that mm-hmm. Captain Quinn spoke? Supposed- okay, so that also now I know they have their limitations in 1945, but that was. F- fucking, like, oh, yeah. barbarous.
0: Well, because it was it was distinctly that, I mean, they were definitely angling for, like, the propaganda there, too. Well, yeah. You know, they wanted to get the most out of that shit. But, I
1: mean, you know, men who, like, had tongues the size of a, of a, a forearm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they would uh, you know, cut their heads off, and all these crazy sort of, like, barbarous things. You know, that's sort of the rape of... Um, Nanking. Of Nanking type of behavior. The yeah. Japanese sort of um, psychological warfare that, mm-hmm. that accompanied it. And so, I know that they can't do that in 1945, but to see like a mild sort of beating with a stick on it, it just seems sort of an insult to the yeah. to that that part of history, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so it has all kind. It has the requisite sort of um kid who loves America and, oh, and ends up sort much. of sacrificing himself on the American altar of freedom,
0: right? Is it now? Is it just me or does that kid always like at some point get some talisman of great Americanism that turns out to that that winds up like fucking him over somehow, like what's giving the him away. Well, because he gets because oh, uh, what's yeah, his yeah, name? Wayne yeah, gives him his, yeah. his bird kernel and yeah, 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 And, he, and like the jam- and the dirty thing and jab finds <laughs> that on him, and that's that's how he knows he's there's a traitor. That. Right and there's that.
1: There's a ridiculous sort of turn in the movie. That's where the kid gets it, you know, um, right. where uh, whatever the equivalent of Tokyo Rose is, um, she's we're given to understand that she's actually sort of a double agent, right? And when she's doing her awful anti-American and anti-Philippine propaganda. Yeah. Uh, they're actually she's sort of coding messages to to her the allies so
0: yeah 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 but even at that, it's like eh, it doesn't look. I don't think she's doing quite as much. She's not doing as much good as she is doing harm. I think I think so, that. but also
1: like um, there's a scene where 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 the Japanese are being shot at, and she finally has a chance to get away from them, and she's mm. she's sort of clinging to a microphone. Hey, this time it's really me, and mm. I just want to. It's just so ridiculous. Filipinos, rise She's a, go- a up. gorgeous uh, woman.
0: Though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She definitely got her appeal. That's for
1: sure. Yes, sir. For uh,
0: yeah. for do you think Eskimo? Maybe
1: oh, <laughs> like who knows what's going on. <laughs> Honestly, that's one of those things where. Where, you know, it's more than just insulting, racially Mm -hmm. insensitive. It's also kind of stupid. Yeah. Like, you know, we had the the capacity 100 years ago or 80 years ago to make... Relevant, accurate decisions, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Filipino Americans and Japanese Americans were buying tickets to the movies. Right. So it just it's just lazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Definitely that because even like all the Filipino children were obviously Mexican children. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. Uh, Anyway, it's a fucking ridiculous movie that has a lot of qualities to it. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's definitely
1: a very very. It's intense. Good movie. It's yeah. It's It's embarrassing, but it's good. Some of Wayne's best acting in the context of a of an embarrassing movie not yeah, a bad movie but sure. an embarrassing
0: one yeah absolutely oh he's definitely toned down like he's not mm-hmm. like he's yeah santo quit stalking mechs around the kid like he's oh like, that's the three Mark, godfathers yeah, from our well, christmas episode but even so you can find that pretty much in every like fucking like donovan's reef there's always like yeah. something of it going well it's, on.
1: now the directors is it edward dimitrick yeah edward Dimitric, this is yeah. the guy who did the Kane muni i believe um did he now some nine years later yeah
0: nice okay Okay. Anyway. I was not aware of his uh, directing. Know, just a little
1: footnote for you, Tommy. Nice. Thank you, sir. Um, now, if you don't mind.
0: Let's slide on over. Move it on over. <laughs> forward to 29. Come on, big dog.
1: 29 years oh. to 1974's Duel. Duel. Now, this, I believe, is the de- directorial debut of? Steven Spielberg. Steven
0: Spielberg. Oh, yes.
1: Okay, so look. I'm going to start by defending it because mm-hmm. there's enough to... I think you know, it's a poor man's... Alfred Hitchcock movie. Mm-hmm. And a poor man's Alfred Hitchcock movie is still a fun and engaging and intense movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now the premise it's of the movie
0: super com- but and I'm gonna I'm, I'll go and I will defend it along with you. Yeah. super competently put together. yeah, as a directorial debut, considering what he was using and the minimalism involved. Pretty goddamn
1: good because the storyline is really just this. <laughs> it's really it's simple. so simple. Yeah. Dennis Weaver, who I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything. I wanted to say McCabe and Wife, but it, what was the TV show he was on? Oh,
0: uh, McCloud.
1: McCloud. Okay.
0: Right. He was the he was the cowboy detective. He like have a horse and a lasso and a fucking cowboy hat and he yeah solve crimes in New York. I no I think name. he was on Dallas for a little while in right. the eighties yeah. too. But notable that's, notable uh, for I gotta say notable mm-hmm. for having a nice like husky but high pitched voice husky high pitched which really comes into play in this movie Well it's
1: interesting because he and he's also a very sort of thin tall man and and he is um I wouldn't say thin. Feminine, but I wouldn't say not
0: feminine either. In a yeah. weird way, like his elbows poke at a different at a kind of a, a kind of <laughs> angle. his polyester like, hey. pants
1: ride a little too high. Yeah, and yeah. So, so he's driving his um, Plymouth Valiant, oh. his nice cherry red Plymouth Valiant, somewhere south of Bakersfield, and and I I don't know if they intended this to sort of be um, if if you're from California, you know um, the Grapevine. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is, but it's some sort of mountainous road and highway. And for some reason, he has a business appointment.
0: Super California terrain.
1: Yeah, for sure. High desert, I would say. Mm -hmm. So so, um, there's a a big rig truck that's flammable, that's carrying gasoline.
0: That is disgusting. It looks like a turd with wheels. It is gross. (laughs) It needs a little washing. Disgusting.
1: Um, and and it starts with a basic sort of like um, minimalist road rage on his part and the truck driver's part, right. and like he doesn't let him pass or something. Some small. Well, the truck is
0: going along on a freeway. Has I mean, and has happened. The Weaver is in a hurry. He is on his way to a business meeting, apparently in the middle of the fucking desert.
1: And also, we're given to learn that that he's a little off because he's had a, an argument with his wife bef- the night before. Yeah.
0: So he is uh, he's he's driving along trying to make this thing, <laughs> yeah. and the, the disgusting truck is in front of him. And not only yeah. is it like. Basically Basically, All of this, this truck, all but it scratches its balls. I mean, it it's just, it's, it's shooting blue smoke back yeah. at them. It's going thirty miles an hour, and it's taking up you know all the lanes. Yeah. It's a one lane highway. And he's getting like increasingly pissed off. And you know, the polite thing in a situation would be for the person to wave him by. But of course, this guy doesn't do that. And so Weaver takes the law into his own hands and (laughs) jets around him, you know, in an
1: irritating fashion. A small transgression, but this sets definitely cuts him off. This sets the truck driver off on a murderous rampage yes. to kill Dennis Weaver in his va- little Valiant with his truck.
0: Yeah, yeah, apparently Dennis Weaver fucked with like a truck-driving Lex Luthor or some He fucked the truck driver's mom-in-the-mouth
1: is what must have happened. I'm not sure because that truck driver is angry. Uh-huh. And that's really, with some small side scenes, the entirety of the film is that truck chasing him. And
0: torturing him.
1: And just, to- and, and him. You know, what, the whole film is a metaphor for erectile dysfunction. Whoa. I was thinking about that as I watched. Well, it's sort of like I got it. i oh, I got it. Oh no! <laughs> there, oh, shit! There's the <laughs> because, truck. Yeah, he keeps justice. Uh, just, oh, this time it's gonna happen. I'm, uh, uh, nah, damn it! Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um and and Weaver's anxiety is um it's <laughs> silly. It's yeah. very very silly. It's cartoonish.
0: It's cartoonish. But, but you think that's just because maybe this guy's a little more effeminate than most of us would be in that situation? <laughs> well, I don't know. It is pretty Because it is tense.
1: I feel a little tense. And oh, any, yeah. If you've ever had a car that's overheating, it's you know the feeling of tension that that brings anyway. Right.
0: And if it's overheating and you're being chased by 18 <laughs> tons of, of, of ragey steel yeah. with, with its ball sack out, you're yeah. Wearing, yeah, that would be a whole new heightening to it. I don't
1: know. And and uh, so there, uh, go ahead.
0: No, I, just, I was thinking, I as I was watching it also. I mean, like it was 1974, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is like also the height of like, like the um, the hitchhiker murder, you know, murdering, uh-huh. you know, the rampages going on in the state of California okay. at that yeah, time, yeah, right? Yeah. Ed Kemper, um, you know, the guys with the Hillside Stranglers down in LA, all these yeah. hitchhiker slash road, you know... So 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 there's an element of this like okay this is road rage before we sort of really talked about road rage too much yeah. uh, but it was also I think there was a certain element of like just the dangerous like <laughs> lunatics on the road now. You
1: can't trust things like you could in the old days. Right right yeah. Yeah, I
0: think that definitely plays a part in this.
1: And and so aside from the the sort of um tension of the chase on the mountainous highway mm-hmm. and and which has some terrific camera work by the way. Yeah like great said, editing great still, angles. You
0: could see Spielberg. Yeah. Here's, I mean, Spielberg, uh, I think at his best, is a, is a really gifted, uh, he's not a tour, but he's, he's a gifted goddamn storyteller. No question about it, yeah. And in this case, he gets the absolute most out of very little.
1: It's one of those things, again, if you described it to someone, it'd be like, why would I watch that? It's right. so boring. But once you're in it, it's like not boring. It's really exciting the way he develops this mm-hmm. simple concept. And he, he heightens attention by loosening it in weird ways. So there's a scene where Dennis Weaver pulls off Oh, he actually sort of crashes at one point right. and, and gets his bearings and, and he sees a restaurant in the distance and he, and he goes into the restaurant mm-hmm. and he sort of collects himself and he's like, oh, thank God it's over. That truck's moved on. And he comes out of the bathroom finally and he sees the truck parked outside the yeah. cafe with no one in the truck. Right. And it occurs to him suddenly that the driver must be in the cafe with him.
0: Right. Now, here's a real... Okay, a very important element to the entirety of the movie is you never see the, the other ne- driver's face. You
1: only see know okay. that the other driver has cowboy boots. Right, right. But slowly Weaver looks around and half the men in there have <laughs> cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah. So he starts imagining all the ways he's going to either confront or run away from. Mm -hmm. And of course, he looks like the jackass when he finally tries to confront someone, because it turns out it's not the driver.
0: And he also gets bitch-lamped in the process.
1: Yeah, so poor Dennis Weaver. I mean, it has that other element. That's another way that it's like Hitchcock... Is I mean, the the crazy sort of um, cartoonist I- inner dialogue so mm-hmm. a little bit of like Norman Bates, but also a little bit of like Henry Fonda in The Wrong Man. Like, no, can anyone understand that I'm telling the truth and mm-hmm. no one else can see the predicament that I've been put in?
0: Well, let me ask you this, because I thought the one thing I thought was distinctly a disservice to the movie was that inner dialogue stuff i I thought, like okay, so, so just mm-hmm. every once in a while, he would break into these and this is for the audience. Yeah. he'd break into these moments where he'd have an interior dialogue. Yeah. You'd see him, and he'd stay, he'd be staring around mm-hmm. rather cartoonishly mm-hmm. uh, and then and but explaining all of his thoughts as he's going through. But I thought, like, he was a decent enough actor and the filming yeah. was good enough that you didn't necessarily need that kind of interior dialogue to get that point, the points across that they were getting across.
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was bad writing or bad voiceover acting mm-hmm. for the interior dialogue. I'm going to go with bad writing because you're right. He's a good actor without using dialogue.
0: Yeah, I think, honestly, I, honestly I'm looking at It's one of those times where you, I see something in a movie and I go, I, you know, that's an executive made a fucking phone call well, uh, let's have more explanation yeah, more exposition for the kids are going to understand what he's yeah. doing here yeah <laughs> you're probably right I really see that well now. i
1: felt the same way for a long for about half the movie there was almost no music the only soundtrack was a sort of peeping out of um uh, Dennis Weaver's little radio a little banjo music yeah. on. and then and then then the sort of like uh high tense strings came in later on mm. and you know, I mean, it didn't. It wasn't exactly a disservice, but part of me felt like, yeah, that wasn't really necessary either. You mm-hmm. were going along fine without the the, the sort of spoon feeding classical right. high, you know, violence. Right. Plus,
0: listening to like the ridiculous shit he was having on that radio just, just was just, more just tense ri- in a way. Added like a whole, like a dimension of near comedy to this thing. Well, know? because
1: he, anyone who's done any commuting in life, you know, he's he's driving along and there's an insane radio show going mm-hmm. on, and he's he, oh, well, that's kind of ridiculous. He's getting sort of hooked into the the. <laughs> <laughs> banalities of life, and that sort of sets you up so right. again, you know any kind of tension that happens in a film has to be deflated in order for the tension to matter again and right. and that's again where where I think Spielberg is being um hitchcock like or at least a master of mm-hmm. this particular project i I really like this movie, and I'm shocked that mm-hmm. now I've seen it like three times and in you know, over whatever twenty years. I enjoyed it every time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, flaws going on in it, but I, but I but I do <laughs> enjoy it. I think the first time I saw it was in high school, like in a shop class. Yeah, we had a shop teacher who was about what? to retire that year. He could give a fuck less. And he we showed. watched uh, Duel three. I think we watched Duel twice and Cannibal Run four times. Oh no! Oh yeah! Well, Cannonball <laughs> Run and Cannonball Run Two. No, you didn't. Nobody oh, yeah. watches was Cannonball. Hour. That's never been seen by an anyone. Hour I understand. Long <laughs> class, we had a lot of time. To I wait. thought that
1: was like Jerry Lewis's Send in the Clowns. It was myth- mythological. There's oh. an actual Cannonball Two with the. Uh, I mean, I know there is. But yeah. Oh yeah, my there Christ! Is. Oh
0: my friend, you haven't lived.
1: I don't think I've ever seen it because I know that that Dean Dean and Sammy. Um, Rained uh, Sinatra in for that one.
0: Uh, yes, that is correct. Yeah, And of yeah, course you got your Jamie Farr your, of Jamie Farr, your
1: no, Lonnie Anderson. Oh, Clinger. Exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> and and who him
0: was, was excited to be
1: there. The, remember the doctor, the proctologist, the, the cross-eyed proctologist? Oh, yeah. Who the fuck was that? <laughs> I don't know. Was
0: that, I think it was Jack Elam. I don't know who that is, but I guess it's that guy. Okay, yeah, okay, Anyways, yeah. But uh, well, yeah, well, it's exciting. Well, see, that's what I mean. Well, so like now, that that oh shit, does that fall into guilty pleasures? It, it we does. Do we well, it doesn't to. fall
1: in the right uh, the right time frame ah, for our, our podcast. But that's what I mean. I think that's just a bad like Smokey film. Smokey and the
0: Bandits on its way here. Oh Maybe no, Gator. <laughs> no Tom. Right.
1: you did a much better job, by the way, than I did because mine was, I would say barely guilty almost into bad like you could call it bad but it was it was yours was right. like a truly guilty because it was interesting and
0: surprising it was a good movie but it was a good movie that was tortured by its own time frame really yeah all
1: yeah. right well that's fair enough yeah Tommy, do we have any business, my friend?
0: We do have business, folks. Uh, come check us out at uh, um, uh, our website, uh, or yeah, at our website, <laughs> Finley's on Film. Yeah. I have a website too. Uh, that's actually uh, tomsmithcomedy.com. Go check that out for dates. Yep. Um, we are going to be doing some new and exciting things with Patreon as mm-hmm. well as adding a couple of another wrinkles to our. Uh, to our website. So I think we can, mention, can I just mention what we're
1: please doing bring for Patreon? It, bring it, bring it. Starting very soon, we're going to have episodes, um, at least a couple of months, of secret episodes that are accessible only to Patreon subscribers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know if that entices you or not.
0: I nah, hope so. Uh,
1: I, mean, I think it will. Okay.
0: Barring that, it's t-shirts. Oh, God, please. Patreon us. Please support us.
1: <laughs> um, and then rate and review us on iTunes. Absolutely. All right, Tommy. Good work, bub. Good night, but You, you, Hmm. you are my guilty pleasure.
0: Aw, thanks. I wish I could say the same.